Hello and welcome back to Yes Mother, a podcast covering the A&E series Bates Motel. Today we are covering Season 2, Episode 1, A Gone But Not Forgotten. I'm Sue. And I'm Em. Yeah, we've, uh, I think we've called you guests a few times, but we haven't explained it. We've decided to refer to our lovely listeners as guests, as in hotel guests. Yeah, we thought it'd just be a little fun thing to do. Listeners is just kind of a... It's lame. It's a lame general term, so... Yep, we decided that calling you guests would be kind of a fun thing to do, so welcome back, guests. Welcome to the Bates Motel. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, so, you want to start out with some feedback first? We got a couple of feedbacks. Yeah. Um, were you going to read the first one? Yep, well, let's I- just say for a second. Awesome. We're so excited to be back here for the season two. I've been so excited about this and... Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's we're going to change things up just a little bit now that we'll be um, podcasting live. Um, well, right. live by the fact that the shows are going to happen and then we'll watch it. And then, you know, while the show's going on is what I mean by live. Um, one big change we're going to do besides calling you guests is that um, I think – the what you've been watch what we've been watching segment um, is probably going to come out just a little later in the week, so I can um, get these out as fast as possible. Right, and not so. have to bother editing that section. So I'll just edit it right out, and then so we'll just be talking all the, uh, this week's episode, and then maybe later in the week you'll just have some listening pleasure of um, what we've been watching. Right, and that way, if it's something that doesn't really interest you, you can just skip those or, you know, whatever. And that way, we do kind of get right into talking about Bates Motel, which is pretty much what I think everyone's here to listen to anyway. So Exactly. But, yeah, Emily did that with one of our previous episodes a couple weeks ago. Because we we were long. We went a little long. (laughs) <laughs> but we we kind of liked the way it went so we thought maybe we would do that every time so so yeah I will start with um, feedback that we got from we have a new guest yes we have a new guest named Carrie and she emails us and says Sue and Emily hello and greetings from the Midwest I'm Carrie from Kansas City Missouri 
We are at the end of another winter storm here, and I've had time to stay in and catch up on your Bates Motel podcast. I've enjoyed it and have picked up a lot from the podcast, so thank you so much. Oh, oh that's welcome. cool. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad people are getting, getting something healthy. out of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kind of surprising, though. Um, <laughs> since the second season starts tomorrow, I wanted to write in with a few things I noticed when re-watching Psycho. Because what else is there to do on a snowy day but stay inside and watch movies? I totally agree, Carrie. Yes, and we have had a very sad, here in Utah, a very sad lack of snowy days. We have. Our, We've had some rainy days. We've had some rain lately, but man, my heart just goes out to anyone who lives east of the Rockies. You've had it rough. Yeah, like on my other podcast, most of my people are from New Jersey, and they just stories about ice, like piles of ice on their driveways that just hasn't melted in like months. Ugh. And I just think, I just cleaned out my car on Saturday in short sleeves. <laughs> I know. I was just out in my garden a couple days ago and almost put shorts on. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, uh, I don't know, we're getting wacky weather. Utah's usually kind of snowy. <laughs> yeah, we just haven't, this year, our mountains have been doing okay, so the ski yeah. resorts are doing okay. But down here in the valley, we haven't gotten much. But... Anyway, All right, anyway. Uh, she goes on and says, first, I think there was a question on whether Marion's boyfriend, San Loomis, was married or not. I did notice he told Marion, I sweat to pay my wife's alimony, and she's living on the other side of the world somewhere. So I think I was right. He, he I think you was, were right. You tried to tell him, and I'm like, no, I don't think he's, yeah. I don't think he's divorced. Yep. So I thank think they, you for settling that. Yep, thanks, Gary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think they met in the hotel because at that time it would have looked very bad for a man to be seen at a woman's house for an hour or so at lunchtime. Nowadays, that's a lunchtime quickie. But back <laughs> then, you had to be a little more careful, I guess. Well, have for, you seen the apartment? Uh, yes, actually, a long time ago. So that's all about, um, he lives, it's, uh, what's his name? Okay, I've had very little sleep the past three nights, so things like people's names aren't coming to me good. Um, oh, um, Jack Lemon. Yes, okay. So Jack Lemon has an apartment, and his bosses all use it for lunchtime quickies or nighttime quickies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because, and they all use his apartment, and he gets it to, like, move up in the in the company. And they do it because hotels were so they were so regulating that they you you had to be like married to check into a hotel room oh wow they like did not want any nefarious deeds going on at their hotel wow. and so that was a big thing that this guy had an apartment so they because they didn't have anywhere else to go to cheat on their wives <laughs> so that's interesting so i i don't know were they enough years apart these movies doesn't seem like it well, this was 1960s. Some Like a Hot would have been... 50s, huh? Oh, it's not Some Like a Hot, though. Was the... oh, I'm sorry. That's right. The apartment. I don't know. I don't know. That just... I noticed that Some Like a Hot... Or the apartment was added to Netflix, I think. And I Was, was like, it? Oh, my goodness. Check that out. That is Emily's recommendation of the week. Yeah. If you've good. never seen Shirley MacLaine when she was young, you are in for a treat. She is adorable. She is adorable. Oh, my goodness. She is yeah. so cute. She's still adorable, but this is, like, very young Shirley MacLaine, like, 20s. Right. She's really cute. 
She is. Okay, anyway. So. Good movie. Sorry for the tangents, Carrie. (laughs) 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 She goes on to say, uh, what makes this creepy is that in the sequel to Psycho, Lila's last name was Loomis. So unless Sam had a brother, Sam married Lila. To me, that's weird to marry the sibling of your boyfriend or girlfriend. Yuck. Yeah, especially when they've been murdered. Yeah, and yeah, I just, I know I saw the Psycho sequel, but I just don't remember that. You didn't remember the detail of her last name? No. <laughs> I barely remember anything about it. <laughs> I didn't know Lila was in it. I didn't either. But Well, no. they did um, go through a lot together, I guess. They did, yeah. That, that is gross. Yes, we, I agree. Yeah, we agree. That's, that's ew. Um, she says, good call on the 12 cabins, 12 vacancies. Norman did like to say that to everyone. He also told Marion they moved away the highway, which I'm guessing refers to the bypass that's going to be built in the Bates Motel series. Definitely. So, yeah. And, and what's with the pictures of birds in all the rooms we see in the, both the movie and the series? <laughs> <laughs> there are always two frame pictures of birds on the walls outside the bathrooms. Norman was very fond of birds, I guess. I agree that they should bring stuffing birds into season two. I also agree about the candy. I never actually read the bag he was holding that says candy corn on it. I always wondered what kind of candy it was. Yeah, I so, yeah, read I, about it. I hadn't really noticed the bird pictures until I read her feedback. And then when I was watching last night's episode, I did notice a couple. I didn't was, notice that they're in the new series. Yeah, there's um in the living room, I noticed... Uh, a framed photo of like a pheasant or something. Hmm. They're um, probably just staring it that way. Like I said, Hitchcock just wanted to show that Norman would have put birds to show his guilt that the birds were watching him and knew it. Right. And this, you know, could be just a little nod to Hitchcock yeah. that they're doing. Who knows? Um, but she says that her favorite funny line from the movie was their stationery with Bates Motel printed on it so you can make your friends back home feel envious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised neither one of us mentioned that line when we went over the second I know, I remember it. That made me laugh when it was, when he said it in the movie when I was watching it. Um and she says, while talking with Marion in the parlor, Norman reaches back and starts petting one of the stuffed birds, just like young Norman scratching Juno, the stuffed dog's chin. Ew. Did you notice that? <laughs> I remember seeing him, like, kind of lean back and put his hand on it, but I don't know if I really noticed it that much. Um, and and he just keeps his hand on that bird for a long time. It's really creepy. A random play on words, Marion forgets her alias and tells Norman her real name is Crane. A crane is a type of large bird. Just a funny name for Hitchcock to use with all those birds around. That's true. And I didn't, I remember her saying that because I was like, ooh, is that going to, you know. Because I remember she did sign her name as Samuels and then tells Norman her last name is Crane. So. Yeah, that was one of my IMDb unread facts. (laughs) Yeah, she. uh, Her last name was a bird, too. Yeah, so Marion just. Like we were saying before, she's not good at this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I noticed she used her real last name when he asked. I didn't notice that she'd signed in with an alias, and so and then she forgot. But I didn't notice that, but I did notice. I thought, she just checked in with her real last name? That was stupid. 
No, she, yeah, she used, I, don't, I can't remember the first name she used, but she, she used Samuels because the detective, when he was looking oh, at it, he goes, hmm, her boyfriend's name is Sam. He was kind of like trying to piece it together. Um, and this is when Lila is looking through the Bates house for Mrs. Bates. She finds a room that looks like a child's room. There's a record on the player that is Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 3, Eroica. Is that how you say that? Uh, this so. is this is the same piece of music Norman is listening to on his headphones while waiting for the bus when he first meets Bradley. That was interesting. I had no idea. So that's, I'm really glad you pointed that out. Yeah, cool that's fact. That's cool. Um, that's a definite nod then to the movie Psycho. If Yeah, I'm sure. That's no way that's a coincidence, I don't think. Lastly, the very last scene with Norman and Norma looks at the camera and starts to smile. Watch his face change into a skull just briefly before they show Marion's car being pulled from the swamp. Very creepy. I did not notice that. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. And I rewound it a few times. I thought that was neat. I forgot to mention it, though. (laughs) I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Do you know what I did think, though, that I didn't mention? is I thought it would have been really cool at the end of the movie if they just kept, like, pulling cars out. (laughs) Like Norman had done this so many times. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just thought that would have been really cool. Really creepy to see like a line of like eight see, cars. like a few different cars. Because they do, when they're in that police office, when the psychiatrist is kind of discussing Norman, someone asks, you know, have there been other missing women in the last 10 years or so? And they said, yeah, there's been a couple. So I didn't notice that. Chances are they're in that swamp too. Yeah. Um, she says, please forgive me if any of these points were already mentioned on the podcast. I will be a listener of season two as well. I'm so excited for another season. So, yay. Um, a few things I will miss about season one. Shelby, even if he was creepy, he was fun to look at. No more disco ball. <laughs> <laughs> no more disco ball. That's true. <laughs> that is the meant. Um, Ethan. <laughs> she says, Ethan, a.k.a. Weepy. <laughs> Uh, Miss Watson's streak of white hair. Can you all shed shed some light on this? When did she get that? Or was she scared so badly by something that her hair turned white? Do you know, I totally dismissed it as like a, since she was such a, she seemed from another era. I, Mm -hmm. it seemed like a Mrs. Robinson streak, you know, (laughs) I was like big in the sixties to just streak your bangs like that. Right. I I totally dismissed it. Or that maybe, I know, isn't it that if someone has, like, a birthmark, like, if their birthmark is on their head, it'll make that part of their hair that color? So, I, I mean, it'd be interesting, I mean, if she was scared so badly, I guess, like, the mom in Poltergeist, that it, like, puts that white streak. Right. Um, But I don't know. I really can't shed any, I just kind of took it like Emily did. Yeah, my personal opinion is that it was a fashion choice and it was a period fashion choice. Right, right. From another era that was kind of big. Yeah. Um, hopefully we will see we will see the return of the Asian sex slave that ran into the woods, Zhao, I think was her name. Shelby said he shot her, but we all know he's a bit of a liar. And I kind of agree. We never heard a gunshot either. Yeah, and it... It feels like just a really convenient thing to just drop it and never come back, but it's 
It's a plot hole. It's a plot hole if they do, or I don't know. If she does come back, it seems like they've kind of closed that whole sex slave part. It does seem that way. But it could just be a one thing, though, that causes trouble in one episode. (laughs) Right, right. Because I've always kind of wondered that, too. Did Shelby really kill her or not? Yeah, I've always thought that was something that just didn't seem closed. Right. And gunshots can be heard from pretty far away. I think we would have heard it, but I don't know. I'm thinking plot hole as well, though. Um, and then she says, thanks again for starting the podcast. It's you great. missed that she's going to miss Rauf. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Rauf. I just love that name, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Except me. I think it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the way... Norma says it. Oh yeah, it's a great. And sorry if any of our guests happen to be named Rauf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I stand by it. It's dumb. Um, thanks again for starting the podcast. It's great, and I'm letting all my friends know about it. Thanks for that. Hey, thanks for that. Uh, sorry this feedback is so late, but better better late than never, right? That's absolutely right. That is right. So better and then late says, than never. See you at Bates Motel. I get dibs on room number nine. <laughs> um, speaking of that, even before you wrote this, Carrie, I think you were reading my mind a little bit. Um, I came up with an idea that at least for the first 12 regulars we get, we would assign you a room at the Bates Motel just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, for the regular guests that leave feedback and comment and whatever. Um so, if that's all right, Harold, we have assigned you, you get the uh, honor of being in <laughs> room number one. That's right. Cabin number one is for you, Harold. You've been checked in. You're close to the office in case you need something. We can keep an eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> A creepy eye. We won't use the people all that much. <laughs> and yeah, you'll be fine in the shower. We won't. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll just let you shower. <laughs> and then since the you stationary. since you called dibs on it, Carrie, you get room number nine. <laughs> <laughs> The woman in number nine. Yes, you'll be the woman in number nine. When Emily came up with the idea, I told Emily, I was like, well, we're going to have to keep room number four and room number nine for very special guests. But since Carrie called on it and, and her being like one of our very first, that is special. So Yes. So, yeah. And she was our, she, oh, wait, she was our first iTunes review. We're assuming that was you. Yeah, we think that was you, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, you get room number one, so or nine. So we have room number one and room number nine filled. And, you know, this will be an ongoing thing. If someone drops off from leaving feedback, they can get kicked out. And so can <laughs> Just because you have a room doesn't mean you're safe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be a regular. Or, like, come up with that killer theory that knocks someone out or something. That's true. Well, we're going to be making up these rules as we go. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Remember, it's kind of a nutty lady running this hotel. <laughs> so, well, thanks again, Carrie. And yeah, thanks, Carrie. And I did send Carrie an email earlier today letting her know when we were recording. But just to kind of let everyone know, we're going to try and record these at least by Tuesday night, Wednesday at the latest. Is that what you would think, Em? Yeah, definitely Wednesday at the latest. So if you want your feedback read on the podcast, like right after the newest episode, I would say try and get that in by like Tuesday at like, what, like five o'clock Eastern time or something. Yeah, and if you're interested in feedback, and all of this, I would suggest you join our Facebook page and we can, um, when we plan on that week, when we're deciding to record, we'll post it and let everyone know. Right, right. That's a good idea. Because, I mean, if you miss it, we'll just read it on the next one. So it's not a big deal. You know? Right. So, but anywho. All right. Do you want to read uh, Harold's then? Yeah. Okay. Harold says, Sue and Em, I thought this was a great start to season two. Even if Emma was hardly in it, I am sure we will see more of her in future episodes. There were so many great Norma moments in this episode, but clearly the council meeting was one of those classic Norma scenes that will always be remembered. (laughs) Her little tirade about what life is really like reminded me of the great Joseph Cotton monologues in Hitchcock's Shadow of a Doubt. That is one I haven't seen, so I might have to check that one out. The scene with Romero and Norma on the street was so perfect. It's one of these it's one of those scenes where I get giddy in anticipation as soon as it started and they delivered. I am hoping for a season of them working together to keep Norman out of trouble. Interesting triangle with Norman, Dylan, and Bradley. Not just the two sets of unread letters, but also that Dylan gives Bradley the gun and the motive to kill Gil, which will help him move up in the plot. Pop business. Dylan gave her a gun. I didn't. Even, I did not catch that. Well, it's one of the things I wrote down. So if we want to, oh, so it's not totally clear, but we assume. Yeah. So, I mean, if we, do we want to do a quick discussion about it, or like mention Harold's when we get to that part? Yeah, we'll just mention that. Okay. While Norma will presumably help her. To prove his loyalty. My prediction is that he will be her alibi witness. She will claim that she was with him all night and he will probably go with the pretense. In his interview with Truffaut, Hitchcock complained about the plausibility police who nitpick over things, but there were several implausibles with the Bradley story. (laughs) Would Dylan really give her a gun after he was reluctant to give one to Norma, who really needed one for protection? Wouldn't her family go through her belongings before she returned from the hospital to make sure there was nothing dangerous or upsetting in her room? Would they really just hand her back her car keys and let her go out all night? Would Gil really just open up his door without checking who was there or let Bradley in after he warned Dylan to keep her away? Looking forward to hearing your discussions. Harold. I know. All excellent. Very good question. Yes. And, you know, I was watching her driving that convertible a few times and I just thought that is not the kind of car I would give my teenage girl but maybe I'm too practical but I just think that's so scary I would be so worried and then I remembered the first episode one of the other girls has a convertible and that's also very impractical for the Pacific Northwest totally impractical but yeah I mean 
I don't know. I think Bradley probably gets away with a lot just under the circumstances with her dad dying. And, and you know, I just, I know so many, like, rich ladies, and they're just so... Well, and who the knows? Stereotype that they're just caught up in their own stuff and they drink. And, you know what I mean? You just wonder. Well, especially one who's widowed now and mm-hmm. her husband was killed in a horrible way. I don't know. I have a feeling that Bradley's mom has checked out for the most part. You know, yeah. she looked pretty she put looked, together. She did. And that's one thing that makes me. Hmm. Yeah. So. And she looked concerned. Like she didn't didn't look like they were trying to play her off as the, you know, just richest lady in town kind of right snobby, the kind of lady I was just describing. Well, <laughs> the kind it. that, like, has other people raise their children. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, interesting. But, yeah, I think I Bradley's... Guess the hospital would not have... Um, would have given her discharge instructions that were contrary to everything that she let Bradley do. <laughs> right. So, well, even Bradley, like locking herself in her bedroom, that's probably a no, no. If for someone yeah. who's on kind of a suicide watch. For, and you she know. was pointing a gun at her face. <laughs> uh, it was very normal. Like it reminded me of that scene a few episodes ago. I know that's the second gun. Someone's pointing in their face. And then, you know, her mom just suddenly knocks on the door and she, like, fumbles with the gun. That's why you don't point a gun to your face. <laughs> well, Bradley actually looked like suicide was really deeply being contemplated. Oh, yeah. yeah. Norma was just, like, poking it. And Bradley did, too. She poked it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that before. What if I stick my finger in the barrel of this gun? <laughs> so, anyway, um... Thank you both for the feedback. Um, we also came up with the idea. We've decided that we're going to call your feedback the comment cards. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Because, uh, like, hotel theme. Any <laughs> hotel I've stayed in and I work in the hotel business, there are always comment cards in the room. So this segment is going to be comment cards from our guests. <laughs> are we the concierge? <laughs> I think we just kind of run the whole we wear a lot of hats at this hotel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so cool very much appreciated cool thanks for the feedback everybody awesome okay so basically guys <laughs> there isn't going to be an extra what you've been watching we're just going to do it real quick here Yep. Because I watched virtually nothing but maybe a few Dick Van Dyke shows before I fell asleep and some <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I've been so busy. Yeah, and I, it's just not been a TV week here. I, like, the only thing of note I watched was the latest episode of Walking Dead. I haven't even watched that. The one that was on Sunday. I haven't seen um, the last two episodes of Walking Dead, and I haven't seen the last Downton Abbey. And then I watched Emily came up yesterday, and she brought me her copy, the DVD copies of the Bates Motel. So I watched the uh, deleted scenes in the Pele panel, and that's like that's right. all I've watched. <laughs> 
So I think I've just been listening to a lot of podcasts. I've just been doing like, seems like I'm always like down in my basement and then upstairs and then out in the yard. And it just hasn't been like sit and watch TV. Yep. It really hasn't. Yeah. So we will just forego that. That's what we've been watching. That's what we've been watching. Our lives go by. <laughs> I know. I watch the news a little bit. <laughs> and watching my sleeping child cough. Yeah. Yeah, I watch the news and watch some Conan and Jimmy. They're on at the same time now. Boo. I don't get yeah. to choose. I have to choose now. Well, and it's like, I know my TV's been on. I just haven't been paying attention. So. <laughs> so. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the episode. It was amazing. I liked it a lot. I yes. loved it. Yeah. So did you notice it opened with Norman sleeping again? Mm-hmm. It's exactly how season one opened. That's right. That's it was right. a flashback. And did you notice that we see Juno in like the first two seconds? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she looked creepy with the lightning light flashing on her. Yeah. She did. Yeah. That little chin was just begging for some pats. I was glad to see that Judo wasn't like at the end of his bed or something. I mean, at least he had her on like a dresser or something. Yeah, he wasn't like curled up pretending he was alive or something. (laughs) Uh, That's just too much right now. (laughs) mm -hmm. Yep. And then, um, yeah, and so then Norma's like doing dishes and so... The school calls, and it's like a recording from the principal letting him know that school's going to be canceled on Monday because the teacher was murdered. I mean, would they really say that over the phone? Um, I don't know. This has never happened to me. I know. It just seemed kind of weird. That they would say murdered or that they'd cancel school? That they would say that she was murdered and that there's an ongoing investigation. It just seemed like a little bit... Too much? Yeah, you would think that they'd be a little more discreet, like, you know, unfortunately, one of our teachers has passed away, and we want to give the students a chance to go to her funeral Monday, you know, I don't know. Yeah, they would. Our school, our our crossing guard got hit by a car right in front of, like, nine children waiting to cross the road, and me. And Emily's daughter included. My daughter was, I don't know, five feet away from the crossing guard getting hit by a car. Oof. And the cool, the school kept it so hush-hush. <laughs> they totally covered it up. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> schools are discreet. discreet. <laughs> I would think, yeah, I just thought that was a little weird. I mean, I know it was like a a storytelling device. They had to, because I... Sure, it was exposition-y a little bit. Right, because, I mean, Norma has to think that Norman had something to do with it, right? Yeah, and I was going to talk to you about it. Just it seemed like, it seemed to me she was pulling some sort of, I don't want to think about it. If I don't think about it too closely, it's not real, and it didn't happen. (laughs) That's what she does. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just... I'm sure she's suspicious. I mean, by the end, she's probably very suspicious, but I just, I got this little vibe from her that she was just like, well, that didn't happen. We'll just pretend it didn't. Right. Like, in her mind, she'd be like, well, 
if they thought it was Norman, they'd be knocking on our door by now, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been five minutes. <laughs> yeah, so. But she did, and we. it was good to get Norman's story again, that all he remembers was her. Isn't that when she, you know, she calls him over and. He remembers her offering Right. Ride, then, and then just running is what And he then says. the next thing he remembers is just running in the rain. So. And then you she know. tells Norman he's mur- she's murdered. Right? She said murder. Yeah, yes. Flash. Yes. Yeah. And he gets upset. He's looking out the window and down, down, down. And he's got pearls in his hand. Yes. How did he get her pearls? He had to have gone into her bedroom. Yeah. Because they were... That was a pretty interesting reveal. It was. It was. Because they were around her wrist when he was at her house. Yeah. I think it flashed. It flashed later on. And that's how I, I was like, oh, there's the pearls. Because um, we all knew the bee around the neck. Right. So it wasn't pearls around her neck. Right. It was around her wrist. I remember seeing it at some point, but I don't remember if it was when we saw the. It was before we saw the pearls or not. It's in after. his hand. Okay. It's after. Um. Because yeah, because right before that scene where he's looking out the window is them at the funeral and Norman just sobbing. <laughs> oh man, that funeral was intense. Yeah. I don't. There was something really, really intense about Norman and just I don't know. He's just sobbing. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable and just, it was. Well, he was crying so loudly that the guy, like, giving the eulogy or whatever, kind of stops and looks over at him. And Emma kind of shoots a look. And that's when Norma kind of grabs him and (laughs) tries to muffle him a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that was interesting. And it just made me wonder does he. Is he truly just sad or is he scared? Does he does he think he did something? I don't know. I don't know. I made a few notes about that. You know, later on, it seemed like he didn't. <laughs> At the yeah. point when he's totally confessing to his mom later, mm-hmm. he just seemed, although I just thought it was so interesting that he lied to his mom. Did you find that totally interesting? I did. I, yeah, I that was very... I thought, ooh, that opens up a lot of things to me. He it, could be lying now. Who knows what he's lying about now? It's what made me wonder how much does he remember and how much is he just not telling? And is that why he's so upset? I still don't think he's the one that murdered her. Yeah, I feel. I feel like they're going to throw that twist in. But I have a feeling he he had to have witnessed something. I don't know. Something Um, happened. Something happened. And I can't wait to find out. But I did notice at the funeral that his nose shirt healed quickly. That's TV healing for you. Yes, that was major TV healing. I mean, there was not even, like, a scar. (laughs) (laughs) And that was a pretty bad cut. (laughs) Yeah. So... But, um, yeah, intense funeral. It was raining, crazy rain. Because it was a funeral on TV. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for a movie. <laughs> and before the credits, is that when we see Bradley? Yeah, because she jumps and then we see the sign. Yeah, I did not expect her to jump. I didn't either. That was, yeah, when she actually jumped, I was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if I expected her to be dead, but, you know, showing her driving in that part was like in the, in one of the trailers for the season. Mm Mm-hmm. I just always, like, Dexter was a big one that you'd see all this stuff happen, and you're like, oh my gosh, I just saw the whole season. <laughs> and then it all happens on the first episode. <laughs> right. I love that. But yeah, I um, I didn't expect her to actually jump. That was that was crazy. It would have been funny if, like, Keith Summers' body floated by. Hey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Without a hand. <laughs> but um so yeah Bradley jumps and she's boy she has had a dark summer she has I yeah her dad's it's... death has obviously just really gotten to her but you know the death got to her but it's that affair which I don't know I guess it just seems like it's hitting her more than it should yeah, but, you know, we don't know what her relationship with her father, maybe they yeah. were just, like, really, really close, and she could have been, like, a total daddy's girl. Maybe that's why she gets away with a lot. Maybe she and her mom were never close, you know? Because, yeah. I mean, I take it she's an only child, right? I've never seen or heard of any siblings. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure she's an only child. You know, maybe her and her dad were just really, really, really close, and this is just... Although, the death, I mean, it drove her to sleep with Norman, but she seemed to handle it okay. It wasn't until the letters that she totally seemed to go off the deep end. Well, I mean... Might have just been, like, one toke over the line. Yeah, because... Maybe it's just been sinking in more and more, because, you know, when she slept with Norman... I mean, her dad had only been dead like a day or two of that. Yeah, well, he was in a coma. They knew he died, but I think they had kind of a little bit of a grieving process. Right. So, before he I don't know. Died. I think it's just all, like, be- beginning to be too much for, like, his death and then finding out he was having an affair. You know, that'd be a crappy thing to learn if you had no idea. That's, I don't know. Yeah. You're right. But, um, so yeah, poor Bradley. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see her arc, especially with what happens at the end. <laughs> 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 um, but then, like, we're at the point where, like, they do that scene where Norma just comes strutting out of the house and down the stairs to the motel, and she's just... Yeah, to, like, this really peppy, like, pop country song. Yeah, when I first heard, like, the first few notes, I was like, oh, it's your daddy don't dance, and or your mama don't dance, and your daddy don't rock and roll. But then, like, this weird twangy guitar started, and I was like, what? Yeah, it was very strange, and it just didn't seem Bates Motel-ish. I, do you remember the first episode of the first season? I was like... 
I thought it was a commercial for a minute. Mm-hmm. And it was totally that they did it to me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... It was an interesting scene. You could do it was like, summer's here. Yeah, it is, like, nice and cheery, and Norma is just in this cute dress with some cute shoes, and her hair's cut. It's four months later. Yep, four months later, and she just seems like she's on top of the world. Well, I think she's got a reason to be, because... I think from that phone call from the principal, I really think she thought Norman had killed Miss Watson. But now it's four months later and nothing seems to have You're come right. of it. I didn't even think of that. All I was thinking of was that their hotel was so busy. Well, and then there's the hotel being full. And then, you know, we don't find out until a little bit later. But at that point, the funding for the bypass had been delayed. And sometimes when that kind of stuff starts happening, it's years and years before it comes through, if it ever does. Like, remember all that crap when they were trying to build the Legacy Highway here in Salt Lake? Oh, yeah. Takes so long to get the It was like 10 passed. years before it even broke ground because of all the wetland problems, the, you know. Yeah, so it does seem like there's some possible... Um corruption or weirdness happening that right right but on that morning at that point norma's is about as happy as she can be yes. <laughs> things things are going good and when she comes in the office emma looks great i wrote that down i love her new look she is so cute she is Just so pretty. gorgeous and did you notice, like, the tables have turned, now Bradley's kind of the disheveled one, <laughs> and, like, Emma. Oh I, did, oh, I didn't notice. Although I noticed, you know, but I didn't put that together that we were, you know, always talking about. Right. That's true. And yeah, Emma looked great, and she was so funny. You, she had spent four months, and I thought, boy, she has not let go that prom night. I I wrote that down. I was going to ask you. So she really still seems mad at Norman. <laughs> she does. But, okay, I watched it twice. I watched it the first time with no notes. I'm like, I just wanted to watch it, and I just paid close attention, and then I watched it again with notes. That's exactly what I did. And the second time I watched it, I noticed, well, for one, when she's like, she um, found out that Bradley was getting home, and Norma just really accusingly goes, why would she tell you about it? Mm-hmm. And she goes, because I asked how Bradley was. <laughs> right. You know, like, idiot. But the fact that he was like, why would she tell you, you know? He must just still be so obsessed with her. And it's probably just been really annoying. He's probably been rude to her and mm-hmm. being yes. really mopey and weird and obsessed with Bradley still. And it's probably, she's probably just like had it. Well, did you see the stack of letters? <laughs> yes, and I, I think it's funny that Emma did. He said, and then he later, he said that he wrote to her every single day, or nearly every day. Nearly every day, because that was a pretty big stack of letters. And Well, it's four months if you, you know, roughly every day. It's over 100. Right. So, I was wondering, is that what made Emma mad, or has she just been, I think you're right. He's probably just been mopey. Yeah. And and obviously obsessed still. I can't believe he's still so obsessed with her. Well, I 
I think they're just pinning him as being an obsessive personality and yeah, he has fixated on her. Right. I so, don't know. Yeah, I'm guessing it's not the, it's not about the prom at all. That was just the first one that probably not the first, but the prom was like, she had kind of had it. And then all these past four months has probably been pretty brutal. Right. And he's been obsessing about Miss Watson too. He's probably not been very pleasant. Right. And doing all that taxidermy down there. And Emma has changed her look. She looks better and he probably just hasn't noticed at all, you know? Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> so, yeah. Poor Emma, but it's like we've talked about before. Do we really want her to be with it? I mean, he is True. Norman Bates. <laughs> <laughs> we just want it because she wants it, but we don't think clearly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then Norman, we see the fruit seller. Right. Yeah, Norma can't find Norman, so she goes. She knows exactly where to find him. He was supposed to be at the hotel, but... Yeah, I know. He looks down. He, I mean, it's just kind of like a mad scientist kind of thing. Totally. You know? He's, He's like, doing his first woodchuck. <laughs> My first sophisticated animal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know beavers were so sophisticated. But, um, yeah, Norma is getting a little concerned finally you know i mean if a woodchuck is his first sophisticated animal what do you think he's been doing these past four months well it showed like little shots of like little woodland creatures you know <laughs> so and I he was thinking, like snake there's no arms or anything <laughs> really? but uh but yeah norma is starting to be a little bit concerned about norman yes she is and his obsession with the dead animals and stuff. And rightly so. And even if at the back of her mind, she might be thinking that there's a possibility she killed Miss Watson. She just does not want any of this behavior happening. She doesn't want it known. She doesn't want him doing it. She wants him to look as normal as possible. And he right. is just not cooperating. He's going to the graveyard all the time. He's stuffing dead animals. In all his spare time. Yeah. And I just liked how he had classic music going again. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was interesting. He's, he does have an old soul, like Miss Watson pointed out a few episodes ago. Yeah, he does. But, uh, yeah, and Dylan tries to give Norma money for rent, and she won't take it because it comes from the drug. Right. I like how he's like, then don't go to the store. Don't go to the car wash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured that scene was another Dylan exposition that was just basically letting us know that Dylan is not planning on moving out anymore. Right, right. We all needed that information. Yeah, and I just loved what Norma says to him because he's like, every business in this town is run on drug money. And she's like, not my hotel. It's just, <laughs> it's just happy people on vacations. <laughs> driving together was hilarious that was amazing yeah oh i cannot imagine what it would be like having to learn with oh, her yeah. 
it's stressful enough. <laughs> and, oh, he was so funny and so mad at her. And I loved it when he's passing and she just starts going, hurry, hurry. I know. <laughs> and then he doesn't. She's like, good, very good. <laughs> I know. Those two together. Oh, my gosh. They are crazy. They are crazy. Oh, man. And he just. Well, and then when they're coming back and she's driving, he's like, oh, you're going 42. Oh, you, you hit a couple of those bumps. And then she's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, she like pulls, she stops the car really quick. And I thought we were going to get another one of those where she goes I, the other side of the car and pulls them out. But she had stopped because of the bypass. Because <laughs> of the bypass, yeah. Tricked me. But I thought it was funny. It's just a little thing, and I know it's just dumb, but, like, she's so critical about everything he's doing behind the wheel. But she lets him pass the RV in a double yellow line. I didn't know it was double yellow, but I just thought, why does he... She's like, if you're going to pass that, and I think you should. I know. (laughs) That is not a move I would have had my son learning to drive do. No way. Maybe if it was a small, like... I don't know, hatchback or something in front of you, but not an RV. You can't see around those things. <laughs> right. And to teach him to do it over. I didn't notice it was a double line. That's crazy. It, it was a double yellow line. Shouldn't have been passing him at all. No. But, um, so yeah. So then he so, pulls into the graveyard. He pulls into the graveyard. So why, I know we've discussed it a little bit, why is he so obsessed with her death? I mean, it does seem... Well, he admitted attraction. He kind of... I don't know. He Remember he saw her tied up that one time? Oh, yeah. He's There's just been a little something there. And she is very easily another one of his obsessions. Like Bradley. When he was... When he confesses at the end, again, that scene, um, he says... It felt wrong, but also kind of right. Right. And since Norma came, I it that was a little more psycho than um, the belt thing. It was that, you know, like in the movie Psycho, Norman, when he'd get attracted, you know, when he was attracted to a woman, you know, and then his mother appeared. Right. I'm not being very... Uh, <laughs> No, no, I'm following you, so... Because he was attracted to Marion Crane. Yeah, and that's why he had to kill her. Right. And so, you know, if we're we're still led... We still believe that he didn't kill her, but we're still being led to believe that he did. And so, I don't know, I just... I think the obsession is because he was actually attracted, and I'm not sure he's ever been attracted to Emma. Well, that's kind of what I wrote down, because I'm like... Okay. Is he obsessed because he thinks he is the one that killed her? Or is it a sex thing? You know, because he's also obsessed with Bradley and they had sex. And Miss Watson was seducing him at her house and he was attracted to her, like he said. So is that just what like causes his obsession is like the sexual attraction? I think so. And I'm going to maintain that he doesn't. No, he killed her, and he doesn't even think of it. He, his mind isn't even going there. Okay, so you don't think it in the back of his mind he wonders if he killed her? 
No, I really don't. Okay. Because I go back and forth on it. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, is he remembering stuff that we don't know that he's remembering or does, but I don't know. You might be right. That I don't know. He's been proven to lie now to his mom. He's kind of a wild card now. I know. Kind That's interesting. What, I know. Because he's always been so truthful. You know, he told her about Shelby's belt or Summer's belt and everything. And he didn't want to publish the paper behind Norma's back. And, you know, yeah. he's just never really hidden stuff from her. Nope. So well, yeah, I thought that was very interesting. I And we, you know, we talked about it. We're like, well, when does, and we've been talking about this all last season. It's like, when does he actually black out? And it's been very fuzzy. And it was so interesting that he lied to her because we bought it. And we thought, mm-hmm. that's so weird that he blacked out. Because we discussed that very thing. We're like, he blacked out all the way right. when he got in the car because he seemed lucid. You know, we discussed that. Right, because I was wondering if, like, him getting punched is what did it. And so. Right, yeah. But, but then we were like, he no. Remembered he didn't remember it all till Norma came. Right. Until he hallucinated her. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant by Norma came. But do you think he remembers that at this point? Because, I mean, we can. We're skipping ahead a little bit, but there's that scene where he's laying in bed and he's looking at the newspaper clipping of Miss Watson, you know, like the little write up about her death. Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, flashes of him being in the apartment with her start. Do you, I mean. Oh, like you think pieces came later? Like, are pieces coming? Like, yeah, because what I wrote down is, um, I mean, he just seems to suddenly be having flashes of that night. So do we think the whole night is going to eventually come back to him? Or has he remembered this little part all along? I don't know, and I I'm can kind of almost guarantee you that killing his dad hasn't come back to him. Right. No, I don't think so. No, definitely not. I think we would have seen... Although, have seen... if we're not convinced he killed her, then maybe it will come back to him, because... Okay, so if he's remembered all along, and it's not like a progressive, like little flashes coming back to him then yeah he lied to his mom from the beginning and at the point he passed out is when he told her on the couch like he knew it was wrong but it felt right Mm -hmm. and then he felt what did he say he felt like he felt like he was gonna faint and then the next thing he knows he's running down the road yep so oh i wonder what happened (laughs) i know do you think that's not gonna be revealed till the end of the season I don't know, because this show surprises me sometimes at how quickly they do close certain stories. Yeah. You know? I kind of would be surprised if they make us wait that long. I feel like it. I kind of do, too, because, I mean, Shelby was killed in, what, like, episode five or six? Yeah. Out of ten? I mean, they could have dragged that out, but. Yeah, I'm just, this is just pure speculation. I feel like it's going to hit around episode four or five again. Some big that, reveal. That we find out exactly what went on in her apartment. Yeah. That, Mark, that is one of M's predictions. Yes. Because <laughs> we won't be having a spoiler section, obviously. Yeah, unless we... We might as we, like, dig around and maybe find things about coming episodes, but... 
I haven't done any of that, so there won't be one now. But, you know, some news that people may not want to know. Did you, Were you able to watch the um, the Insider show? No. I looked for it, and it's not online unless I just couldn't find it. Okay. Did you, did you watch it? Yeah. I only watched it once, though. I, d- I tried to watch it again because I didn't take notes. I was doing the same thing. Um, but... I'm kind of glad he didn't, and I wish I hadn't, because they actually showed a scene that spoiled some good debates that we could be having Oh. about the end, and so I don't know what to do about that. Oh, that's kind of lame. Yeah, it was one of my, like, questions about, or it, I just, like, a juicy part of the end, and then all of a sudden, I, I don't know. Hmm. I thought it will ruin some of our conversation about the show. Oh, well, too bad. Yeah. So, um... Anyway, there's some things like that that people may not want to know. I agree. We could do have some sort of spoiler section if we find it out. Did you notice that Norma and Norman get a little cuddly when they're looking out the window and she's showing them the full motel? (laughs) I did. And she kissed him on the neck again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, after that is it when Norman goes over to Bradley's house? After that is when Bradley goes to Gil's house. Oh, I don't. Yes, I just didn't write any notes. Yeah. So he is a creep. Yeah, he's gross. Yeah. I didn't even notice his like kind of propositions to her, or kind of almost like I'll sell you information for sex. I didn't notice that till the second time around. Right, because. Yeah, I mean, he basically... So the second scene of them together made more sense to me. <laughs> right, yeah, because what he said, because he, all he tells her really when she shows up at his driveway is, you don't want to know what I know about your dad, and she's like, you know, try me, and and he basically says to your dad, you know, it was kind of a shithead. He, he, didn't, he was watching only out for himself and had no loyalty to anyone, and that's really bad in this business, and and then he's like, do you want to come inside? <laughs> yeah. Creep. Is cool. she like 16 or more like 18? <laughs> um, I would say 17, 18. Okay. Ew, whatever. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, we know Norman is 17 in the first season. Right. And now it's summertime, so the school, you know, she's probably 17 or 18. They're still in school, so they'll probably be seniors. So she's probably 17 tops. Right. So, yeah, he's creepy. Um, but then in the next scene is when Bradley is going through the box. Which I guess is the box that Dylan gave her in the last yeah. season. Because um, it had the watch and the letters. Right. And there was a loaded gun in the box. So... Did Dylan really just give her a loaded gun? I mean, I was like, what? Cause Could it have been? Well, no, he definitely knew about it. Dylan's the one that packed the box, so right. okay. I was going to say, okay. I mean, I'm sure Bradley's dad had a gun in one of the drawers of his desk. I'm sure he did. But it just seems odd to me that Dylan would include that in his box of things and give it to her. Yeah, he really, really does seem more responsible than that. 
But then Harold and his feedback, you know, he's like, would real would Dylan? I mean, he basically says that Dylan gives Bradley the gun and the motive to kill Gil, do you, which would help him move up in the pop business. Do you really think he did that on purpose? No, I don't. If he did, then I don't know Dylan at all. You know what I mean? Right. But, I mean, Harold has a good point. I mean, would Dylan really give her a gun when he was reluctant to give one to Norma, who actually needed one? And he's right. Wouldn't her family have gone through her things before she got home from the hospital? (laughs) (laughs) That was a really major oversight. I would think so. So I was just, I mean, I know because of what happens at the end, she does have to get a hold of a gun somehow. But I think they could have done that better because... It just doesn't make sense all around. It doesn't make sense that while Dylan's packing up her dad's things, he's like, well, I guess I'll give her her dad's loaded gun as well. That just doesn't seem. Yeah, it seems really stupid and it seems out of character. And I can't imagine a world where the character of Dylan would think, "Ooh, I could use Bradley to kill him so I could move up in this company. That is not him. And if it is, then that's crap to me. That's- I don't think so either, because I don't think Dylan even had the idea of trying to take over. No, he doesn't He's- seem that ambitious to do that. And he they're making him out to be a pretty good guy that we're on his side. And Right. That would just be too much of an offshoot to me. I think so, too. I think so, too, but... I, I do like Harold's point about Yeah, I mean that gun is really still in that box after she's been in the mental home for four months. You know? <laughs> I mean Yeah. <laughs> and that she's allowed to lock herself in her room. I just I don't know. I don't have experience with mental patients like that, but I just I'm pretty sure when you pick them up after being in a hospital for four months you get like at least a sheet of paper that, you know tells you some guidelines. <laughs> well, I would even think that if it's a teenager and there was a suicide attempt, someone probably even comes to the house to make sure that everything's okay for them to come back home to. You know what I, I mean? I have no idea. I don't know. I Like, yeah, we just don't have that, so I don't know. But That'd um, be smart, but especially the small town, they could just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes just, the small towns don't quite... Do it as much as we think we city folk think. Right. Or see things done. Well, and it's just another thing that kind of makes me think that Bradley's mom maybe has just kind of, I don't know, just isn't paying attention to things. Yeah. You know, she's maybe too much in her own grief or denial or something. Yep. What I want to know is where's Twilight Guy? I was wondering that, too. Hide nor hair from him did we see. Nope. But I don't know. I don't know. I We kind of talked about maybe his involvement. His fam- Maybe his family is part of the whole pot. Maybe he's been told to stay away from her or something. I don't know. Who knows? 
But, Maybe uh, she's just written him off because she's, she's changed a lot. She's really stuck in her own head. Yeah, she's really changed. So maybe maybe he's superficial enough to... Or maybe she just wrote him off. Who knows? Well, I'm sure he'll come up again. I'm sure we'll see him again. This is only the first episode. But he could totally be superficial enough to be like, well, I was dating the popular, smart, nice girl, not the suicide... Mess, yeah. Mess, you know. <laughs> so see ya, you know. Yep. He's probably dating one of her best friends now or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of, that scene with Bradley and Norman in her bedroom was kind of awkward. <laughs> it was, but very interesting when her mom came to the door and said that Norman Bates was here. I didn't, I don't know. She totally surprised me that she let him in and she was just funny, just kind of defiant. And I don't know. It was a very interesting scene. It was. It was. I was surprised. That I thought she was totally going to say, Mom, no. Tell oh, yeah. Him, I, I am not here. I'm not taking any <laughs> visitors, you know. Yeah, I was totally surprised she let him in. And then his speech was quite heartfelt, and they both cried. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they kind of experienced it alone, but kind of together. Right. He touched I her. I didn't notice that she cried. She was. She didn't. Tears didn't fall, but she was touched, and her eyes were red-rimmed. And Oh, okay. Well, maybe she got to her big time. <clears throat> maybe she's realizing she was treating him like crap, and he is a good guy. And maybe, maybe Twilight has written her off. Yeah, maybe. And she's like, huh. You know, I don't know. If it, ha- I would guess that it happened when she's like, just during that era when she got really dark before the suicide. Mm-hmm. Just driving with, you know, drinking and driving at the same time. Right, right. You know, I don't think that was a one night affair. I think that was kind of oh, no. going on in her life. Right. Yeah. No, that that wasn't her first night doing that. I don't think. But uh. But, yeah, so then um, we do get some pretty good exposition when Dylan talks to, well, when Gil comes up to Dylan and says, hey, if you see that Bradley Martin, you know, Jerry's daughter walking around, get rid of her, you know. Yeah. And so then Dylan kind of gets a little information out of Remo and you were right. So confirmed Miss Watson was sleeping with Miss Watson. She's B. And Miss Watson is part of one of the Weed families. Yeah. You, uh, did I say that? You did. Sweet. <laughs> you said that in I think when we were going over midnight. Oh, I didn't even know. Hooray. Yeah. So brief theory, I mean yes. <laughs> what I thought. Yeah, you just kind of, we were just kind of theorizing about everything. And you said, maybe she's part of one of the weed families. And, you know, and we both kind of, oh, could be. But, yep, we find out she definitely was. And the person that, um, her grave that Norman was saw was so suspicious. That's got to mm-hmm. be your dad, right? I think that's got to be her dad. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, good call, Em. Um, yeah, and we've it's confirmed that she is to be in the letters. And we find out that she's Gil's girlfriend. Ew. 
<laughs> yeah. Gross. So, okay. So was she killed because of just a, a weed scandal, like a scandal in the weed? Like, do you think she and Jerry had like a plan to maybe steal a bunch of the money and run away together or something? Very possible. Oh, do you think, um, now who's the guy that, oh, well, do you think he was the guy that we saw in the clip, the promo clip with her? In the that sex comes tape? To her house? Yeah, the sex tape one. I don't know. I was going to ask you, do you think that's Gil or Jerry or. Well, I don't know. Someone else and Gil found the tape and that, I mean, cause she was killed because of one or two, one of two reasons in my mind, either it's just a big, it's something that has to do with the whole weed industry and somehow connected to the Jerry Martin costing a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Um, or she was killed because of jealousy. Like did Gil kill her or did he have her killed? I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Was Let's see, a slit throat. Is that like a crime of passion or is that execution style? I would... I don't know. Um, it seems a little more passion-driven. Well, I don't know. It seems think, like it could go either way. Yeah, I think it could go either way. I don't know. Because it seems to me like she's either killed because of the weed or she's killed because of jealousy. And maybe somehow the two are kind of tied up together. Yeah, because from what we kind of glean, and even from Sheriff Romano, Romero, I always do that, um, I think she got around. <laughs> mm -hmm. And even with students. He did kind of seem to... He implied that they... Well, he said that they, you know, come over to her house a lot to do projects, and I just thought, hmm. Right, and I still maintain it could have been maybe Twilight was in mm -hmm. the sex tape. If people don't know what we're talking about, if you go onto A&E's website, there's like a three-minute little promo video, and it's the night of the dance. It's before the dance, and it's Miss Watson... And some guy. And he's like filming her getting dressed. And yeah. And you don't know. You never see who it is. Yeah. It's very interesting. But I found it was very interesting to find out that he, she was Gil's girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, we found all of that. That was good stuff. Yeah. Because. Oh, and the person. Eric was the person that was threatening her on the phone, right? She said. Right. So who? Okay. So is, we still need to find who this Eric is. Who this Eric guy is? Yep. And it's just, oh, it just kills. It. I don't. No one seems to be after Norman. So that just that night at the apartment is just driving me nuts. What happened? <laughs> I know. Well, Romero seems pretty interested in him now. Well, yeah. So we can kind of. That's kind of the next part. So Norman goes to the cemetery and there's some man at Miss Watson's grave and Norman starts taking pictures of him and 
the guy kind of chases after Norman, asking why he's taking pictures of him, and then Norman goes to Sheriff Romero. Did you notice him leaning in for the first hello? He went right into the little yes. hole. <laughs> <laughs> and then he backed up and just talked to him. <laughs> Chuckled. Oh, that was funny. I know, like, today I had to gas up, and the convenience store down the road from my house they've got one of those glass things in front of them too and like their card reader wasn't working out at the pump so i had to go in and it just kind of made me giggle (laughs) talking to the guy but um so so norman is showing romero these pictures and i think romero recognizes the man in the photos right well the man's daughter was murdered and there was an investigation i and it's a small town and right. he's one of the drug families and we feel like romero he knows he would know exactly who that is probably from a distance right i'm sure he's well acquainted with this guy and with so guy. he didn't seem as interested in the guy as in why norman was at the you know all of his questions he didn't seem interested at all and he said he, he didn't need a copy of the picture yeah and, and he you know norman's like do you want me to email you and he's like no that's not necessary but what romero seemed to kind of perk up at is when norman mentions the phone call that miss watson had with that eric guy right romero kind of goes hmm and it just makes me wonder if if norman just really helped out the whole investigation by mentioning that (laughs) like well a heated angry phone call a day or two before you get murdered would definitely be interesting to know especially a very hush hush one she was so upset that norman heard any of it right and so i'm sure romero knows who eric is too did he say did he say eric norman did yes oh good okay interesting so I, because my first watch of this, I was like, I thought Romero was kind of like thinking that Norman was a suspect. Because mm-hmm. of like, because I still was, but I did not notice that he perked up at the Eric thing and that Eric, he actually said Eric. So yeah, that's interesting. Did. So, yeah, so on my first viewing, I was like, okay, so Romero, because Romero was, like, asking if Norman had been at her house, and Norman's like, well, did you find any fingerprints or anything? And Romero's like, well, you're not in the system, so we wouldn't have even known if they were yours, you know? So I'm like, oh, typical Romero. Um, but the, my on my second watch, I think what Romero's doing is I think he wants Norman to stay away because I think he knows how dangerous these guys are. And that Norman taking pictures, I mean, cause Miss Watson's dad might be, he might be like a Godfather type, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that might've been a bad move on Norman's part by taking those pictures I don't know so I think Romero wants Norman to stay away because I think he wants Norman I think he thinks that Norman's life could be in danger right and he goes up to 
Yeah, you're right. I don't think he suspects Norman now. I don't think he suspects him in the killing. I don't think he does. I think what he wants is Norman to just stay out of it because these are these are dangerous guys. Yeah, because when he goes up to Norma, kind of at the end, I thought, you know, he's he was very concerned about the fact that Norman was still worried about it, you know, obsessing about it four months later. But so I thought maybe he's fishing, you know, for her reaction about saying stuff like that. But that's what I thought on the first viewing as well. And then on the second viewing, when I started kind of thinking of this, I think he's because he's a little bit more casual he's like it's summertime he should yeah. be you know you shouldn't be obsessing about this you should be doing yeah. some things he's like it's it's been four months it's summertime he needs to be doing you know and norma's like i know i i agree you know he's <laughs> <laughs> into the choir so but i think i don't know norman did lie to romero about being there the night she died that was I don't know. Maybe it. Maybe he should have told him. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, but you know, they come out to Sheriff Romero. He gets to the bottom of it. <laughs> he does. I know. <laughs> but then but, he just uh, kind of seems to cover it up for you. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So then Norman's Norma is at the city council meeting. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I am calling it that this this succeeded anything in season one. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it so much. I even wrote down word for word what she said just because it's funny. Oh, did you? I just put yep. that she called him a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down too. <laughs> oh, oh, the book censorship lady. I hate. Book oh, censorship. I am so against it. The stupid biddies complaining about crime and punishment. Yeah. Oh, I hate those moms. <laughs> yeah. Had them at our school, making them take down all these books. So, so ridiculous. Yeah. I liked what Norma said to him. She's like, "It's reality." <laughs> You're a dick. Yes, I just called you a dick because that's what you are. I'm stuck here now because I can't sell my property because of your stupid bypass. I'm underwater. No one told me that before I bought it. Maybe you should talk about that at a city council meeting. Or maybe you should talk about the fact that your fancy town is run on drug money. Maybe that would be worth talking about as opposed to crazy house moms whining about whether or not their kids have read about axe murderers and whores. Welcome to the world, ladies. There are axe murderers and horse stuffed under every rug so your kids better read up on it and get educated because that's what life is. It's a cesspool. You claw and scratch and fight to swim out of, but you never get to the top. As voted, the meeting is adjourned. (laughs) (laughs) That was so great. That's her delivery. No one ever could have delivered that half as well. Nope. Oh, the way she said, axe murderers and whores, and she looks back at the guy. It was great. It it was hilarious. It it was. Welcome to the world, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Axe murderers and whores under every rug. (laughs) (laughs) 
and just after she talks to the councilman and she you know norman had warned her that this is something you kind of need to be prepared for and at the meeting she obviously wasn't prepared because he's like she's like well i propose that we we stop the bypass and he's like what's your plan and she's like to tell you, you know. <laughs> oh, it was awful. It was so <laughs> she walked terrible. up there, and what she did was she acted just like she did with Sheriff Romero. I don't remember what scene now it was, but is it the one the where last, she wants him to? That she just expects he's going to be going along with her. She just seems to approach a situation that she expects that she doesn't have to do a lot of talking. They're just totally gonna. She's what just delusional. You... Well. Because she tells Emma about the busting up the pot smoking, just you need to find your authoritative voice and they'll listen. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, she's that's her line digital. of thinking is that if she just says it right, then everyone will go along with it. You're probably talking about the scene where she wants Romero to, um, like put her name up or back her for like a city planning person or something. Yes. And he's like, why would I do that? <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's not prepared. I mean, he, the city councilman is... A dickhead. Kind or of a she dick. She says dick, right? <laughs> I just love it. It's just over. And just you hear the microphone, you're a dick. <laughs> you hear that and you're like, yes, Norma. <laughs> and you uh, yeah, I mean, she kind of was wasting their time, but... Oh, yeah, she totally was, because you know, it was awful. She didn't have any sort of... She had some papers with her. What was all that? <laughs> she had a lot of papers with her. I don't know. What has little Norma been up to? I think... I mean, exactly <laughs> what he said. It's like, I think you shouldn't build it because it'll hurt my business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did like how she pointed out the town's economy, you know. Maybe you that guys was great. talk about how the whole town's economy is funded through weed. <laughs> yeah, every word out of her mouth. That was gold. It was that fantastic. Was... <clears throat> yeah. It was great. So it even beat out the Raouf scene for me. I loved it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's up there. It's like Harold said. That's that's one of those scenes that well, I'll remember when we think of Norma Bates. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Then there's that quick little scene between Norma or not Norma, um, Dylan and Bradley. Yeah, that's all I wrote down was Dylan and Bradley. That's when. He's trying to talk her out of just like, don't come around. That's not cool. You know, well, he, well, he tells Bradley that the B in the letters was Miss Watson. Okay. Oh, that's right. You know, I mean, they, uh, yeah, it's a quick little scene, but she's like, you don't seem to care. You didn't answer any of my emails. So she's been emailing him. So she's been getting the treatment from him. She was giving to Norman. To give it to Norman. Right. And, uh, but, of course, Norman's doing classic letters. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, and Dylan's just like, that's about my brother. He likes you, and there's just lines that you don't cross. So See, Dylan is a stand-up dude. He is a good guy. 
Because that is a line that's... Because you know he's got the hots for her. He would love to get together right. with her. but And he pretty much knows that Norman has no chance with her. Right. So he's given up like this girl for, Just for Norman. a brother that's not going to get her either. You know, That's <laughs> so. probably going to kill him. <laughs> Let's face it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So oh, he might get killed in this little pot smoking ring. Who knows? Not pot smoking ring, but you know, drug ring. I don't know. That seems too easy. I don't know though. Yeah, that's kind of actually one of like kind of a prediction thing I have written down. Hmm. Not really Dylan's death, but just I don't know. We can talk about it in a minute because. The episode, there's not much more left. Um, well, it's, I mean, we've kind of talked about it. But... Right, the scene where Norman tells Norma everything. Oh, about well, that, first right? we've got Romero, and that's the sidewalk scene. And we didn't. We just had a classic Romero line that we didn't mention. I wrote that one down, too. Oh, I didn't know that? walking down the sidewalk constituted sneaking up on someone. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. She's just, like, so wound up. I know. She's like, you scared me. You shouldn't sneak up on people like that. He's like, <laughs> I didn't know walking down the sidewalk constituted sneaking up on someone. Oh, that was funny. And so she gets really teed off at Norman hearing what Romero has to say. Yes. So she comes storming in on, turns off Norman's old movie. And I think he's watching, is it 40,000 Leagues Under the Sea? You know, I knew I would have recognized it, and I was thinking of some lines, and this is one of those things that if I wasn't so short on sleep, I would have rewound and figured it out. But it was one of those things that just had to get lost in my haze. Yeah, well, it was a like a giant octopus attacking a like a submarine, so I think that's... Oh, I heard the I heard a line about a horse. I did not see any... Oh, I didn't octopus. hear a line. I was just watching it. <laughs> I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> we must clear this up because <laughs> those are like two completely opposite animals <laughs> it was an octopus no it was a horse <laughs> oh that's funny um, but yeah Norma is mad at Norman about going to Romero just I think I think she's just so frustrated with him because I think she's probably as sick of him as Emma probably is about him just moping around being obsessed about Miss Watson. Oh, yeah. Like when he pulls into the cemetery when they're driving, she's like, oh, not here again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's a beautiful day outside and he's in watching a movie about either a giant octopus or, or a horse. Horse <laughs> <laughs> a western. It's a movie about they were either the exploration or a western. They were either underwater or in the desert. <laughs> I will clear that up before next time. Okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, we've kind of already talked about that scene. Pretty yeah. much. Um, I thought I thought Norma's question was really interesting. She asked, "Why did you leave?" Yeah, I thought that was really. Interesting. Do you think she still thinks that 
he killed Miss Watson. Yeah. I, I think she do. does now more than ever. Right. I kind of do too. It's just a great storyline. I just have no idea what happened. And I know I'm not the most like astute, you know, TV viewer and someone's probably like, I know exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I would say that I would think that most people are probably have no idea at this point. And that's good, you know. Yeah, I think there's been a few clues. We've got that picture. We've got that sex tape. Mm-hmm. I right. Just, I don't get that in. I, I leave that to other people. <laughs> so if you're one of those guests of ours. Yeah. Feel free to write in, let us know, because we don't do that. We, we do, like we said, we like to talk about it. We just don't necessarily, because I, I don't know, I just like to sit back and enjoy it and not, I don't know. I just I'm just not going to scour every clue and write them down and, like, right. piece right. together something. Right, exactly. Emily's busy, people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, but I do come up with, uh, good theories that come true and I don't even remember I did. Yep. I, I really think it was just one of those kind of throwaway things yeah. that said, but I remembered you saying it and I was like, Hey, good on him. Um, oh, and so I yeah. guess we skipped, um, Bradley shoots that guy. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was just going to say, at the very end, so Bradley shows back up at Gills, and yeah, I didn't see that coming. I did not either, not even a little, even though we saw her with a gun in her hand, <laughs> like, early yeah. on in the episode. I I was only thinking of her shooting herself. Right. Well, and I kind Why of... Why would she kill him? Is it because she just feels like he killed her dad? But she doesn't know yet. That's what I don't get, because I kind of wish she would have held out for more information. I think she could have gotten more information out of him. Absolutely. Unless she she's just, just, just not um, thinking clearly, and she's messed up. Right. Because... And did you notice, though, she totally, the second she did it, it was like her demeanor changed, everything changed. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, she shows up at Norman's like a scared so then, of a Yeah, so then she shows up at Norman's <clears throat> and, you know, says what you said before. Is it true? Because I need your help right now. What does she need? Is there going to be another body dump? <sighs> See, this is what. Or I does she out. just need to get rid of the gun? Well, this is what they showed scenes from next time. Um. They just showed scenes from next time. So it's, it shows up next time. But I was... Do you want me to say? I mean, I... Do we need to put a spoiler alert? I don't think so. Because it's just... I, I mean, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> it was... Just, it just it. hampered our... Um, it, it hampered our discussion on it. Because I totally thought they were going to... Anyway. You, spoiler alert. <laughs> so... I was going to discuss with you. I'm like, okay, we've got a body dump, you know. She right. comes and gets him, and he goes and helps her clean up the crime scene. 
Well, the first thing they show is her, like, it's like he's hiding her. Um, oh, really? Yeah. He's, like, hiding her in the basement or something, or the fruit cellar. And <laughs> after that happened, after he does that for a few days, then I think she is, he doesn't know what's going on. So it's like she just left the scene and it's just needed him to hide her because what I got out of it is that he finds out later after keeping her, it seemed to me a few days and he's kind of like, I need to know what's going on. And then she tells him what she did. And so, and then he's like, well, we need to deal with that. Oh, although it seems like enough time. I don't know. Maybe it was the night. I don't remember now why I thought it had been a few days. I got that impression, but maybe it was the same night. And he's like, well, we need to deal with it. Because if it wasn't the same night, it's already been dealt with, you know. She just is, like, running now. I don't know. But why? Would anyone even suspect her of being the one that shoots him? I mean, he's caught up in, like, the drug business. Any... Right. You know, I mean... Well, I have no idea. Maybe the car could be, have been seen at his house. I guess so. And I guess he did mention to Dylan that he had, she had shown up at his house before asking questions. But, you know, they're in the same town. It's not like Norma can, like... It's not like she can just hide out, <laughs> you know. No. <laughs> I don't know what Norma's doing for her. Hmm. But it wasn't, I thought they were going, you know, I thought it was going to open up by them. The help she needed was to hide all traces of his murder. Right. That's what I assumed. I was like, she either doesn't know how to dispose of the gun or she wants help disposing of the body. But in my mind, I'm just like, just leave the body there. Well, I think she did. Because you're not going to be a suspect. No one's going to suspect you, but I don't know, maybe they would. Romero's a pretty smart guy. Yeah, he suspected Norma before he even knew there was a murder. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's very good. <laughs> Sheriff Romero, psychic police. <laughs> yeah, so, huh, interesting. So he's going to hide... Man, that's just going to make me nervous. I hate it when people try to hide someone that's... Especially in the house that Norma Bates is in. She knows about everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, hmm. Well, um, what did you think of it as a whole? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it an A. Oh, wait, sorry. That's McKinley Cass. <laughs> 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 what do we do it out of five? Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally giving this one five. Oh, really? Yep, I loved it. I really liked it too, but I am more inclined. I'm giving it like a four. Because, hmm. I don't know. I, uh, for whatever reason, I, I think I just wanted more. Maybe I'm comparing it to the season one opening. Which I thought was a little bit of a stronger first episode. Yeah, I just figured any... I loved it, and I liked the cliffhanger, and I figured that um, any 
show that had like my favorite Norma scene yet deserved a, a five. Ah. Uh. But that's me. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really strong opening. There's a few things that I hope I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I hope right. they pan out by being interesting and not bad. True. Same. Yeah, I'm worried about this Bradley thing. And my favorite Norma moment is still the screw you shithead. I just, <laughs> you just can't top that to me. This is a close second, but you that was. was still the best. Um, but yeah, I'm giving it four out of five sets of pearls. <laughs> Ooh. The pearls, that's such an, ex- I don't know, that was interesting. I I'm pretty excited that. about that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just obsessed with what happened that night in the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a five out of five stuffed woodchucks. Stuffed. Um... It ended up being a beaver. Oh, yeah. What did, what did it? Norma I'm called it a five, I'm giving it five out of five stuffed sophisticated animals. <laughs> it's very sophisticated. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a what the bib? Oh, crap. I didn't even... I, I can never, no, I don't, I can't always not remember, but I did not even think of it, and once in a while I forget. That was just a bunch of garbage, I'm tired, um, <laughs> that I will be editing out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wrote mine down, um, if you want me to go first then, if yes. you want to. Um, mine's when Bradley shot Gil, I just, I thought she was going down on him. And I was like, no, 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 don't do that. Um, but then when I saw her stand up with a gun, I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Much preferred as a 17-year-old. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because he was creepy and not very attractive and just slimy to me. Yeah. Um, and But I, I do still kind of wish that she would have maybe played it up a little bit more and just gotten a little bit more information because what he gave her just it's like you said, it doesn't seem enough to kill him. Yeah. No, I wonder her motivations, unless she's just, she's it's, just nuts. The motivation's gotta be, she's gotta think that he killed her dad because her dad was sleeping with Miss Watson. Yeah, but it's stupid to jump the gun. It is. And just kill him right now before knowing. But Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, that was my weather bit because that was just, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my what the bip I'm going to call just with the gun. I'm giving kind of a what the bip to the show with Dylan and everything. Being like, mm-hmm. what the bip is with the gun in the box. Yeah, that's a good one. Because that is, we discussed it, that is what the bip. Yeah. Why was it in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> why, why would Dylan put that in the box? This doesn't make sense. Anyway, um... Do you have any predictions? Well, I predict that that was uh, Miss Watson's father. That's easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, eh. I've just got one. Nope. Um, I'm out. My head's empty. I, I Understandable. I know you're tired. Um, I just think that, like, Gil's death is just going to cause, like, all hell to break loose in the whole pot industry world. Mm. I think the wrong people are going to be accused of it. 
Oh, good. You know, and then it's just going to become a really dangerous situation for Dylan and for everyone. Because, I, like, I really don't think anyone's going to suspect Bradley of being the one that does it. I think it's going to be the other camp. There seems to be, like, two camps, you know? The Miss Watson family. And the other family, right. So I I really think that, like... Like I said, like the wrong people are going to be accused of it. But she is in one of the families. But probably on his side, right? Miss Watson? No. Or, um, I don't think well, considered Jerry, her father, worked for Gil, right? Right. I don't think those people are considered the families who own it, though. I think they're just like the management. Well, that's what I'm saying. That side, though. Right. That Bradley was on that same side we don't know what side miss watson was on the other family the other one besides jerry it seems like bradley and miss watson were of a you know it was kind of a hatfields and mccoy thing right love or romeo and juliet but not nearly as romantic (laughs) (laughs) you mean jerry and miss watson like didn't i say jerry you said bradley Oh, yeah. Yes. So, right. So I'm going to go with Hatfield and McCoy, not Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> right, right. That um, Miss Watson is from one family and Jerry worked for the other. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I just think this whole, I think it's just going to become a really, really dangerous situation for Dylan and anyone who works in this industry. And with Gil's death, so I thought this too, and Harold, you know, mentioned it too. So this puts Dylan as the top boss, right? For that side. Because Gil seemed like the main head dude. Yeah, Gil seemed like the head dude. And And Dylan seemed like his, the guy just right under him. So this puts Dylan, like. I just figured there were a few right under him. Which there could be. You know, I don't know. We don't know too much about this business yet. So, but that's just, that's just my prediction. Anyway, fun. It's fun to see new, a new episode because I feel so familiar with the other ones. Yeah, we've watched them and we've analyzed them to crap. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> we got new material. It is. I used to have new material. You've been watching it longer than me. Yeah, I watched it once or twice before you even watched it the first time. So, so yeah, so that, that's it for season two, episode one. If, uh, if you guys want to send us some comment cards, tell us how we're doing. Excellent. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) I'd never come back, (laughs) but you can email us at yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com. Or, like Emily said earlier, join our Facebook page and we can have, like, little discussions there. Um, Our Facebook page is Yes Mother Podcast on Facebook. And our Twitter is Yes Mothercast. And so we're around. We're in all the little, well, we're not on um, Tumblr. Because that place freaks me out. I don't get it. Yeah, I, Tumblr confuses me. Um. I don't get how that works. 
Me neither. I haven't spent enough time on it. Um, yeah, we'd be happy to read comic cards. You can review us on iTunes. We'd appreciate that. We've gotten some good ones. So, anything else, Sam? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Are you, I just hear this, like, snoring. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, all right, then. Um, until next time. Of all the stuff we decided for these new season of podcasts we did not come up with the send off yeah if anyone can think of a send off send it to us <laughs> give us some ideas <laughs> how about come again we were happy to have served you yeah next time you're in town think of us <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what you would say in a hotel <laughs> me too yeah <laughs> Because, yes, I work in the hotel industry, but I don't work at a hotel. <laughs> I have, but just not currently. But anyway. I've dated them, especially ones that Sue works at. <laughs> I know. It's like... Get someone that works in the hotel industry, folks. It's great in your family. Yes, I can get amazing rates for people, and they use it much more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Our sister, what are they in Hawaii for? Just a vacation? Who? Amy and Scott are in Hawaii. They flew there yesterday or today. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I only found out because of a Facebook post or something. Or I usually only know when people are traveling because they come to me for hotel rooms. <laughs> yeah. So they must have gotten it somewhere else. They must have a friend with a timeshare or something. <laughs> yeah. Have they ever been to Hawaii? I can't think of them going to Hawaii. They're Mexico people. They're Mexico people. Huh. Well, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, then. Well, um, I'll let you go. You need to get some sleep. I really do. See if you can get maybe five hours in before Eleanor wakes up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that kid, I swear. <laughs> Yep. Good thing she's so cute. I know. It would wring her neck today. <laughs> <laughs> she was saved by being so dang cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
coming up.